It's my honor to introduce Gail Van Bregel. Gail is, and her husband Joel uh, serve with their children, uh, Emily and Anthony, in Belgium. And I'm going to let her tell more about that. Uh, but uh, as you already found out, Gail is a tremendous musician. Does a great job. If we can get a picture of Gail, uh, there we go. That's the family there. So if any, having my Joel, Joel has been here with us before, shared a life before. Great missionaries. Uh, unfortunately, couldn't be here this time. But uh, great to have Gail and Emily with us. But a long time ago, many moons ago, when I was a young lad, uh, my 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 family passed. My mom and dad passed the church up in Northvale, New Jersey. Does anybody know where Northvale is? We got a few back there. One, okay, yes, not many. It's a tiny little town on the edge of New York and New Jersey. Still on the Jersey side. I'm still sanctified. Still on the Jersey side. Uh, but past Paramus, like towards Nyack, if you know where that is, Old Japan, all the way up towards the beautiful Bear Mountain yes. and the Palisades Parkway. And so we lived in the same exact house because the house went with the church. So uh, Gail and Joel pastored Northville Community Gospel Church in Northville, New Jersey, 433 Birchwood Road, Northville, New Jersey, 07647. I left when I was 11. That's really and I still remember. That's really I still remember all of that. So please welcome Gail this morning as she comes and shares a message with us. Thank you, Pastor And thank you for allowing me to join with you today. For Thank you, Pastor Vic, for allowing me to join on the worship team. I just want to introduce our family to you. If you were here when Joel was here last, probably you haven't forgotten him because he's a pretty memorable guy, a little bit larger than life. Uh, but the rest of us are there serving with him. And these are our two children. Anthony and Emily. Anthony is almost 20. He's just finished his second year of college in Belgium there. And then Emily is just about to start her senior year of high school. And we are thankful to be able to serve God together at church planting just outside the capital city of Brussels. Now, when Joel was with you last, he did not tell you we were going to be church planting. He probably told you we were going to be working with church planters. But as Nikki said earlier this year, sometimes God rearranges things in your life, and God rearranged things for us and made it very clear that in this season, we were not going to be working with church planters. We were going to be the church planters. And God led us to a city of Trevere in Belgium, which is just on the east side of Brussels. And Danielle, you can go ahead and scroll through any of those videos, uh, any of those pictures right up until the video. And we started in our home, and God led us um, to start this church. And we were planning a launch in March of 2020. Yeah, yeah, you know what happened, don't you? Yeah, little thing called pandemic, little thing. In Europe, we had massive lockdowns, and we saw God's faithfulness as we actually launched online because that's what you want to do, launch a church online while everybody's stuck at home. But God gave us opportunity to meet because the first thing that opened up for us in Belgium was the opportunity for children to receive instruction. And so we could have children's ministry. And so we had children's ministry every Sunday and the adults would go for an unofficial organized walk in the same general direction because we weren't allowed to do anything official. But God allowed that to build community and to build connection, to build relationship. And as the country started to open up, God opened up a place for us to begin to meet together. And the church began to grow and to grow and to grow. And I'm, I'm going to kind of give you an overview, and then I'm going to tell you some specific stories in, in just a moment. But we ran out of space. And maybe you've been in that spot with Life Tree where you run out of space and you say, God, what are we going to do? And we looked everywhere in Trevurin, and there were no doors. There were no doors. We didn't know what we were going to do. We, were, we had the kids meeting in our, in our storefront, and we were meeting in a very important spot. It was a room above a bar. You're at missions. I'm telling you it's the way it goes. God opened up an opportunity for a meeting room every Sunday afternoon, and it was overlooking the town square. And we would open the windows in the summer, and the music would spill out of our space onto the square. People would begin to hear the, the joy that is found as people worshiping God together. 
And so God led us to a neighboring community. He said, what do we do? We can't give up the work here because God has called us to plant here, but we need more space. And in a space about, in a, in a city about 20 minutes away, God opened up a wonderful building for us to be able to meet. And so we have two campuses, one that meets on Sunday morning. In fact, they met a few hours ago. And then our second campus interviewing is meeting right now as I'm speaking to you. And every week we are seeing internationals, we're seeing Belgians, we're seeing people meeting together, many of whom are finding life in Christ for the first time. Many of whom have just discovered who Jesus is and what it means to have a personal relationship with him. And we're having the opportunity to build community, much as you have here. Our church is called Redefined Church. What are we redefining? Well, we found that most Europeans have a preconception of what the church is. And for most of them, it's negative. And so we're wanting to redefine what that is for them. Now, in a very practical sense, for you and for me, that come to church on a regular basis, we're wanting to be the church like Jesus intended. So it's nothing new, it's not, nothing different. We worship Jesus, we sing together, we, we have a message from the Bible. But for them, it redefines their perception of what the church is. And this is our, this is our campus in Overrise. And you'll see we have more than 15 nations weekly connecting and finding a place where they can meet Jesus, where they can connect with each other, where they can find hope in Christ. I'm so thankful because you have been part of that journey with us. You, because you gave, because you prayed, you, if this is fruit of the seeds that you have planted. I'm gonna get my violin back out in just a moment here and, and play a song that talks about what God can do and what God will do. And what I want you to know is that Belgium is a dark place. How many of you were excited to see the rain today when you got up? Anybody? You were excited to see the rain. A few of you were excited to see the rain. I was excited to see the rain because that's Belgium. We have rain over 250 days a year. So when I got up and I was driving here this morning, I thought, oh, this is just like home. <laughs> so you know what it's like now to have a taste of Belgium, except for we have it regularly. More often than not, we have rain. But it's a place that needs to hear about Jesus Christ. Fewer than 3% know what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But God is doing something powerful. And there is power in the name of Jesus Christ. And I want to share with you just a number on my violin. The, the pictures that you'll see in the video that go with this number are all pictures from Belgium. Uh, the scenery is from Belgium. Uh, and then our church pictures are from Belgium. So it's all from Belgium.
God, we believe for it. There, he's the one who makes a way where there seems to be no other way. I'm sure you saw that in Mexico this week. God making a way where there seems to be no way. We're seeing God do that in Belgium. We're going to believe together that we're going to see God do that in and through you right here in Robinsville. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. Missions, both in my life and in your life, are about knowing the times in which you live and stewarding the relationships that you have. Let me say that again. It's about knowing the times in which you live and stewarding the relationships that you have. Now I'm going to talk about four key words this morning. They're not going to be, the images will eventually be up on the screen, but I want you to catch these with me because you're going to find these four words as we go through the message today. The first one is casinos. Can you say that with me? Casinos. All right. Now, here's how you're going to talk about casinos at church today. Nobody, right? Okay. The second one is keys. Third one is questions. The fourth one is cathedrals. Okay. So, Casinos, keys, questions, and cathedrals. You got that? All right. First one, casinos. So when God opened up the space above the bar, we were getting ready to meet there for the very first Sunday. You can see our church sign there, our purple redefined church sign, and right next door to that is the casino. Now, I have to tell you, we're getting ready for our first Sunday. So, you know, we're gearing up. Service is about to start. And Joel is nowhere to be found. I'm looking. We have musicians. We're ready to start. Joel is nowhere. So I wait, make my way downstairs to the door. And I look out. And there is Joel talking to the casino workers. And then I thought, you know what? This is Joel. This is just like Joel. Joel is in his happy place. Joel is talking to somebody brand new. And Joel is talking to Francois, who is one of the workers of the casino. And as they talk, Francois says, you know, this is a really brave thing that you're doing starting a church here. Because for my grandparents, maybe they went to church. But for my generation, it's popular to believe nothing. And I'm standing there listening to this conversation, and I thought, and that's exactly why we're here. Because for Francois, he knew, he recognized it's going to be difficult because it's popular for us to believe nothing. And then he said this he said, but. It sounds like you're doing things right. I hope, I hope you guys have good luck. Casino, right? But that was the start. And we still see Francois every once in a while in the community. And that was the start of a connection point for a relationship. Remember, it's about knowing the times in which you live and stewarding the relationships that you have. As we look to God's word today, I'm going to ask you to turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Now, if this feels a little bit familiar to you, maybe you're having flashbacks to the halftime sermon from just a few weeks ago. I know your theme this year has been awakening, and I really felt like I was supposed to speak from Ephesians chapter 5, and one of our our patterns, one of our habits as we talk to different churches about what God's doing during the week before we visit the church, a church just like yours, if the church has their messages online, I'll we'll go back and listen so that we can kind of try to be in sync. I was like, oh no, Ephesians chapter five, that's where I'm going. What, what am 
am I going to do? This is what I planned. This is where I'm going. Oh, no. Well, God, I'm just going to have to trust that, that you knew this in advance and we'll just go over it again because maybe they need to hear it again and I'm just going to go for it. But as I listened to Pastor Dan share, and it was a great message, if you missed it, you should go back and check it out. He focused on many of the verses, but he didn't focus heavily on verses 15 through 17. And that's where we're going to land today. So if you want to check, like starting in verse 8, 9, 10 through 14, and then he skips right ahead to 18, you can have all the context. But let me catch you up in case you're a little bit foggy and you don't remember kind of what's happening here. Let's read this first. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 says this, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Understand what the Lord wants you to do. And just as a reminder of some of the context of what we're happen what's happening here in Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 4, it's all about unity. And Paul says we shouldn't have any unwholesome talk come out of our mouth and, and how we should live in community and interacting with each other. And he ends with be kind and compassionate with one another, forgiving each other, just as Jesus Christ has forgiven you. And then Ephesians chapter 5 begins with Paul encouraging the believers to be imitators of God. To walk in love, to walk in purity, and to walk in awareness, or to be awake, to live awake. And one of the reasons that we need to do that, and as Pastor Dan talked to you from Ephesians chapter 5, a lot of that was talking about you personally at halftime. How, what changes do you make? What do you need to keep? What do you need to stop doing? What do you need to start doing? And that's the halftime coach's prep talk. But now we're back in the game. And in the game, you have to be aware of what's going on around you. In life, we need to be aware of what is going on around us so that we can make the opportunity, we can take advantage, making the most of every opportunity. First, we talked about casinos. Second word was keys. One day, Joel was locking up in our Trevorian campus, and we have on-street parking, and so he was walking down to the car, and he looked down, and he saw this set of keys, this exact set of keys. Now, there are three key fobs on there. You can't see it. It's a Mercedes buried underneath, and then a Jeep, and then the, the other unknown. And Joel thought, well, somebody has lost their keys. They're going to have a really bad day. So he starts hitting the fobs, and he starts with the Jeep fob, and just down the way, um, the, 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 the lights on the back of the Jeep flash. He was like, oh, that's where it goes. So he goes and he, he opens the door and he, he, he puts the keys down on the side because he doesn't want somebody else to find the keys to leave with the car. And he goes back to his car and he starts writing a note just to say, hey, I found your keys because he's going to slide it under the windshield so like they know where to look for their keys. And he's walking back to the Jeep with the note. The Jeep is pulling away, but it's pulling away toward him. And so Joel, if you've never met Joel, Joel is 6'1", and he's a big guy. And if he stands in the middle of the street and is waving you down, you're stopping. I promise. The rule is when we're crossing the street, and we always taught our kids this when they were little, if you're crossing the street, you walk with dad on the side of the car, because if the car hits dad, it's going to make a big dent in the car. So large American in the middle of the road waving down this Jeep driver and this woman looks a little bit panicked and she rolls down her window this much and she kind of looks at him and Joel says, ma'am, your keys. And her whole face lights up because she had been panicked. What am I going to do? I've lost, I don't, you know, has anybody ever lost keys? 
this week. Did anybody lose keys? Yeah? And it's a panicking moment. She says, could I get your, con your contact information? I'd love to send you a bottle. Just here. And Joel said, no, 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 that's, that's not necessary. I I'm just with the church down the street. I just want you to know, I'm glad you found your keys. I hope you you know, you have a good day. And she said, oh, well, I don't believe in anything, but I believe that things happen for a reason. And Joel said, yes, I believe they do too. She got in her car and she drove away. Later that day, we got a message from Nyla. She said, hi, thank you so much for finding my keys. Do you have any, would you be willing to meet for coffee or do you have any religious classes I can take? Now, let me tell you about Nyla. She said, I'd like to get my, my beliefs back. The truth is she had no beliefs. She comes from a Persian background. She's been living in Belgium since the middle of 2020, she moved there with her Belgian husband. They met in Dubai, and she's never lived in Belgium before, and she was feeling isolated and alone. And as we began to meet with her, we learned that she was starting from square one. No idea, never heard of a Jesus that loved her. She had rejected Islam because it was full of judgment and full of fear. So she began to open up her eyes to what it meant to know the love of somebody, of Jesus Christ, that would put somebody in her path to find her keys. She began to experience the value of community as she comes to our meetings. None of us imagined that she would def desperately need faith and community as she was about to enter one of the darkest seasons of her life. We tell our kids all the time, be careful, watch as you're crossing the street, be careful. Be careful how you live because Joel hadn't been paying attention, walking along the street, seeing the keys. We never would have met Nyla. She never would have had the opportunity to meet Jesus Christ. How you live, it matters. Following Jesus is the greatest life you could ever have. Be careful, but also be wise. To be wise is not just to be knowledgeable but it's also to be able to discern and apply that knowledge in a God-honoring, spirit-led way. Because it's about stewarding the opportunities that we have. You'll notice that as I talked about Nyla, that, that Joel didn't start with Jesus loves you and he has a plan for your life because she wasn't ready for that. It, talked, it started with building relationship and stewarding opportunity. For some of you that are coming back from Mexico, God did amazing things in and through you this week. Hopefully life transformational. But what I want to tell you is that it does not stay in Mexico. What God did in and through you, using you in new ways, stretching you, giving you more opportunity, those opportunities continue here. They continue Monday morning. They continue Thursday afternoon. Because God has people in your life and relationships that already exist that he wants to use you. to bring about life change, to bring about relationship with Christ, to give them opportunity to develop in a faith community like life true. Casinos, keys, 
questions is the tricky one. It doesn't in cute questions. Now, a few weeks ago, as Pastor Dan was talking, and he said, why missions teams? I'm going to tell you a story. We had a family, a couple, come and serve with us for about a month on a short-term trip. And you ask, why missions? Why missions teams? Because something synergistic, powerful happens that may not happen on its own were that synergy not taking place. Chris and Julie are awesome. I am thrilled for the work that they are doing in Mexico. We rejoice. We are thankful. But because life tree was there, some things happened in and through you synergistically that developed that will have life eternal consequences because of the partnership with you on the ground and with them on the ground. Now, maybe you already know what those are, and maybe you won't know what those are until eternity, but I'm telling you, there, there are things that changed and developed. And Dan and Teresa came on a short-term trip and served with us for one month, and they wanted to, to host a time that people could ask questions about their faith. And Joel said, great, we've been wanting to do that. Let's start that while you're here. The first week we did it, we put a sign, this sign in our church window, and God has given us a great space that there's a bus stop right across the street, and we have hundreds of people pass in front of that building every day, and they see our windows, and when we worship God on Sundays and we sing, they watch us in a fishbowl. It's great. We love it. We put this sign in our window. The purple sign says, questions unwelcome, with a slash through the un. Because people have been told their entire life that the church... We tell you from the church what to believe, and we don't want your questions. This is the way it is. And we say God is not afraid of your questions. God is not afraid of your doubt. Come with your questions. We'll tackle it together. We may not have the perfect answer, but we'll work through it together. Bring your questions. Let's talk. The first week we offered it, nobody came. Ever had that happen? Sometimes that happens. But that doesn't mean you stop. The second week, in walks Lucky. Lucky is a young Indian businessman who has immigrated to Belgium. And Lucky comes in and he says, I believe that there is something bigger than me, but I'm afraid to name what that is because if I do, I will become narrow-minded like all of the religious people that I know. Ouch! Joel said, lucky. So glad you came. Let me tell you about why I've named this. Let me tell you about why I've named this. Because as I name him, I can know him. And he and that began a relationship with Lucky. And week after week, he would come from work, get off at the bus stop on Wednesdays, and come into our, question, our conversational English class and stay for questions and welcome. Began to explore faith for Lucky. What questions did he have? Who was Jesus? comes from a Hindu background, but he had rejected Hinduism. What did it mean? Making the most of every opportunity. The fourth word is cathedrals. Now we have beautiful cathedrals in Belgium. Gorgeous, stunning, if you ever have the opportunity, come. They're wonderful to see. But they are often a place where the Belgian people no longer find Christ. They no longer see God. It's a museum, art to go visit. It's not a place to meet God. One day, we were touring 
the cathedral in Antwerp with friends of ours, John and Chris. You see Emily and I in the background, and Joel. Joel has a great selfie arm. If you ever want a selfie and you're with Joel, hand the camera to Joel. He has it. It's like, it's, I don't know why I can't do it. We're talking with the curator of the cathedral, and he's explaining to us in Antwerp that it's very important that when you enter the cathedral, there are seven steps to come up into the cathedral, and then there are more steps to get to the altar so that man can reach God, and it's important to have the steps there. And Joel said to the curator, he said, that's interesting, because the God of the Bible did everything he could to reach down to us. Not where we had to reach out to him, but God reaching down to us, showing his love, showing his love by sending Jesus Christ. And the curator got mad. He was, he was insulted that we had insulted steps. And as we left, Chris looked at us and he was like, I'm really sorry that the curator got so offended. Chris is Belgian. Chris is an atheist. Chris grew up in a family of atheists. Now, often when we think about atheists here in the U.S., we think of people that are opposed to God. They, 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 are, they have hatred of God for some reason or another. In Europe, atheism is a bit different. It's just the absence of God. So it was the absence of God from Chris's home growing up. There was no animosity toward God. It was just God didn't exist. And that's the home he grew up in. And in fact... There are seven official religions in Belgium. One of them is secularism. It's an official religion. And they have a religious class. And Chris is a school teacher. And for a number of years, he taught the secular humanism class. Chris is an atheist. He's a friend of ours. And he looked at, he looked at us and he said, I'm really sorry about, about what the curator said. That was wrong of him because he's Belgian. And so he should at least be open-minded to receive what you had to say. He shouldn't have he shouldn't have rejected you that way. That was really rude of him. I'm sorry that he said that. And Joel said, it's okay. It's, it's no big deal. And then Chris said, because that's the kind of God I want. The kind of God who will reach down to where? Why does missions matter? Because the days are evil. I've told you the story of Francois, of Nyla, of Lucky, of Chris. I haven't finished Lucky's story. All of these others are in process. Lucky, Lucky's a Christ follower. Lucky has asked to be baptized. He is, he is fully convinced that Jesus Christ he, he said, you know how I was afraid to name what this was? Now I know that his name is Jesus, and I don't have fear anymore. What unites Francois, Nyla, Lucky, Chris? They all grew up having no knowledge that they were created for more. They had no church around them to develop their faith. They have walked through life facing hardships without knowing anything about Jesus. Now we celebrate that God has allowed us to intersect with these people. But for Europeans, for those that live in Belgium, almost all of them will be born, live a full life, and will die, statistically speaking, without ever meeting another Christ follower. So why missions? What if you were like Francois, or Nyla, or Lucky, or Chris, and you had never heard about the love of God? What if life tree was content to just be a small tree, not worry about spreading its branches? To have the ability to meet here, to have your branch groups on Wednesday, 
have nice coffee time before and after, but you didn't give to send missionaries like Noah and Noah, like Chris and June, like the Lambert's. But what if you grew up right around here? You grew up in South Jersey. And all you thought about Christians were the negative things that everybody else said. What if you grew up going to the mosque with your family and you never heard the message, any other message other than the demands of the Quran? What if you passed by this building, the Life Tree office, every day on your way to work? your way to taking kids to school. And you had a good job, but nobody ever invited you. My heart isn't that you would feel guilty, no. My hope is that you will know how incredibly blessed you are to have heard the good news and what a privilege it is to know Jesus and what an honor it is that Jesus wants to use you you to connect with the Francois, with the Niles, with the Luckies, with the Chrises. If Paul were here today, the Apostle, he would have the same message for you that he had for the Ephesian church. Be careful. Be careful with this generation. Be careful with the next generation. And as Vic and Billy come back with some music as we head toward the close, be careful and be wise. Be wise with what God has placed in your heart and the relationships that God has placed in your hands. So often as we think about sharing Jesus with other people, the drive-by opportunities come to mind. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, you know, after church. You're going to go to the store, you're going to go to a restaurant, you're going to see somebody new, and you definitely need to tell them about Jesus because it's a drive-by opportunity. You're probably never going to see him again. It's a fast in and out. Now, while those can be effective, most often that's not what God is asking you to do. God's asking you to look at the relationships that are in your life every day to make the most of those opportunities. If you've never surrendered your life to Christ and you're here today, I'm telling you that opportunity is here for you today. Today is your opportunity to experience freedom, forgiveness, acceptance, and love like you have never known. If you already know, today's an opportunity for you too. In just a few minutes, Pastor Dan's going to give you an opportunity to give. Maybe God is speaking to you with that opportunity. And maybe God is saying, you know what, today you need to let go a little bit of control and you need to give this. And in my family, there's, there's usually a <clears throat> discussion about how much we need to give. Usually, uh, God, what would you, what would you want me to give? And maybe some of you, God is saying, you need to make the most of the opportunity, not to give today, but you need to make the most of the opportunity to give regularly. And it's God's calling you and says, you know what, it's going to be a sacrifice, but I'm going to meet every need. I'm going to give manna. I'm going to meet every need that you have. Often in my family, it's this, God gives me a number, and whatever number God gives me, God gives Joel double the number. That's the way it rolls. So, you should figure it out. But not just the opportunity to give. The opportunity of the name that God is putting on your heart right now. The people, the relationships that God wants you to the people that don't know him, that because you're going to take the opportunity, they're going to have the opportunity 
to find love and acceptance and forgiveness in Jesus Christ. They're going to have the opportunity to be part of a healthy, vibrant faith community that is a life true. And if they live far away, guess what? Pastor Dan, Pastor Kevin, Pastor Vic, they're smart guys, Anna, Nikki, they know people and they can help you with those family members, those friends, find a faith community in their area. Because that's the kind of God we serve. So as we wrap up today, God, open our eyes to the opportunities around us. God, help us to be careful. Help us to be wise. Help us to make the most of every I'm going to ask Pastor Vic to sing. We have a song that sings about the worthiness of God, and that's true. And the chorus says, Show me who you are and lead me in your love to those around me. And as he sings, I'm going to ask that God would put that person on your mind. Let's begin to pray this morning. Stay with us as we sing. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. You are worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Jesus, we live for you. We live for you. We we want to make the most of every opportunity. Jesus, the name of every other day. God, you're the only one who brings hope. Jesus, the only one who could ever save. You're the one who saves us from now. You are worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. There is no one like you, there is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder, show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in love to those around Make that your prayer as we sing this chorus again. Make this our prayer of declaration. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your love. God, that's our prayer today. That's our prayer today. That you would lead us in your love to those God, that you would open up our eyes to see, to have an understanding of who you are, that you would fill us with your love to those around us. Help us, God, to make the most every opportunity. Pastor Dan's going to come back and close the service, but just want to let you know that we have a table in the back. My daughter's Emily is already there. If prayer cards there, we'd love for you to take one of these home continue to pray for what God is doing in Belgium that God would change lives there as he's changing here. Happy to answer any questions you have and talk to you more. So it's a, uh, it's a year of awakening. Talk about it. Dale mentioned it. There's, there's times throughout the year when it's like the alarm goes off again. 
the alarm goes off again, and the alarm goes off again. It's another wake-up call. That was a wake-up call again. Hale, that was fantastic. And we just thank Hale for sharing. Thank you for the time and energy and effort you put into sharing that with us. I just want to encourage you. I know it's like July. It's like summertime, like nothing happens in the summer. Just sort of like shut down, you know, for a couple months and just coast. Can I tell you, God doesn't do that. God is doing something right now. Things are stirring right now. You don't know what you're in for in two weeks when you hear what God did this past week in Mexico. And I know God is doing similar things right here. God's doing them in Belgium. He's doing them all over the world. God doesn't take the suffers off. There's life happening now. Eternity is happening now. What we do matters. What we do matters. What you do every single day, it matters. And I tell you, I just encourage you, respond to what God is saying to you. If you feel something, don't go, ah, that was nice church. I just don't have time, I'm too busy. Respond to what God is saying to you. Don't miss the moments where the Holy Spirit is doing something in you, stirring something in you. Respond. Respond. There are people that need to hear, and God is sending you. God has sent Gail and Joel and their family to Belgium. He didn't send you, but he might be. He might be sent, but wherever you are today, be all there. Let God use you right now. Yes, July in Jersey. Respond to whatever God is saying to you. So I'm going to invite the ushers forward. If you'd like to contribute to directly to Gail and Joel, you can do that. You can just give to the forest uh, on your on your envelope there. Whatever you give to the forest will go towards them. Uh, we'll, that's that's how we support our missions work. If you'd like to, again, offerings, our tithes. As Gail said, that's responsive. That's responsive. That's committing to what God is doing here, to our neighbors, to our family, to our friends. God, help us continue to be faithful. Let's just take a moment and pray. God, we thank you for your wake-up calls. God, we thank you for those moments where you stir us and you shake us and you say, hey, life's happening. You've got purpose. You've got a reason. Don't just, don't just go on autopilot. Wake up. Live aware. Be careful how you live. Mind the days. Live as one who is wise. Understand that this day, today, matters. There are no wasted days. As you go throughout this week, God, would you stir us? Would you awaken us? Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to respond to those divine opportunities. They might seem like casual conversations, but you know there's so much more behind it. Lord, there's steps leading ultimately to you. Give us hearts that care about the people that you care about. Let us not just be so self-focused about our own thing that we, we miss what we're actually supposed to be doing with our life. Thank you, Lord, for how you love us. Lord, as we give, May it be just another opportunity for us to respond in faith to what you're doing, to invite you in to our lives, to truly awaken and live not just a dull life or just an ordinary life, but the spirit-filled life, life truly in partnership with you, nothing great. We thank you, God. Thank you for Gail, for Joel, for Emily, for Anthony. Lord, would you bless this family, strengthen their hands. Lord, lift up their voice. Let their light shine bright in bells of Jordan. Give them favor. Open up doors that nobody can open. Lord, you can do it. Lord, as that, as that video shared, Lord, there, there's nothing impossible for you. Nothing impossible for you. Would you do it here, there, everywhere? In your wonderful name we pray. Everybody said. Amen. Amen. Would you guys sing us out?